You're listening to Garden Futurist. I'm Sarah Beck, here with Adriana Lopez Villalobos. Hi, Adriana. Hi, Sarah. Our guest's work applies to large-scale agricultural systems, but stay with us. There's a lot in this conversation that relates to individual gardeners. Dr. Deborah Pauliacha is a professional researcher in the Department of Microbiology and Plant Pathology at the University of California, Riverside. Dr. Pagliaccia is also the managing director of CAFE, which is an acronym that stands for California Agriculture and Food Enterprise, a program which supports connections among those interested in food and agriculture on the campus and in the community. I love how many problems Deborah is attempting to solve in the world. Reducing water and fossil fuel use, reducing waste, solving issues of hunger and food access, improving the health of soil and plants. I definitely think that approaching complex problems from a multidisciplinary angle is a key takeaway here. I agree 100%. She really makes the case that you don't need to be a plant scientist to contribute to sustainable food systems. What I also think is unique about Deborah's work is that on Garden Futurist, we're usually talking about scientists doing cutting-edge research that we're just glimpsing the applications of. And we are going to get a dose of the cutting edge here. But in this case, we're talking about something gardeners can do now and how that applies to science in the future. It's almost a reversal. The application of it on a large scale and the use of all these wasted food is what makes it a new idea. These food waste byproducts, which he calls digestates, are fermented food for plants and other microorganisms, and we can make it at home. And so there is accessibility for the individual gardener. Let's listen to my interview with Dr. Deborah Pagliaccia. I'm going to start by asking you about food waste. Your work addresses the issue of food waste, which poses a serious threat to the planet. So much food is thrown away. This waste represents not only an economic loss, but a significant waste of freshwater resources. Can you explain briefly how food waste has so many negative impacts? Yes. As you said, food waste has deleterious effect on our environment, our society, and our economy. It's at least one-third of the food that is produced that goes to waste. And that's equal about 1.3 billion tons between fruit, vegetable, meat, dairy, and all kinds of food waste. And that food, basically, some of it never leave the farm. They are all these low-quality vegetable byproducts that they have no commercial value, or it gets lost or spoiled during our distribution from the time that they leave the farm when they reach the grocery store. And then there is some more throwing away our hotels, school, in our kitchen. So, and most of this waste is not recycled, unfortunately. Uh, instead, you know, it ends up in the landfill, and I think it's taking up around 20, 21% of American landfill, which, wow. yeah, that's a lot. And it's contributing to around uh, between 7 and 9% of total in U.S. greenhouse gas emission. So that's a high volume. And uh, beyond the environmental impact, because you have, you know, this greenhouse gas emission, you are wasting the energy. You are wasting water. 70% of the water throughout the world is used for agriculture. So when you waste food, you waste water. That's not it. I mean, there is more to it. So beyond the environmental impact, 
Now there is a negative impact on our society because think about all the million people, low-income population, many small-order farmers, and they are food insecure. They don't have access to food. They don't have the dollars to buy that food. So we need to find a way to improve the efficiency of our food supply chain so we can lower the production cost for farmers while we lower the cost of food to the consumer. Doing so, we can increase the access for the low-income population and for everybody. This is a huge issue. I mean, I'm so glad that you're shining a light on this because, as you just mentioned, the layers of impact here are just enormous. Yeah, and they calculated, actually. So we waste 1.3 billion tons of food, and they calculated that that food could be enough food and calorie to feed 2 billion people in our planet. Oh, wow. It's mind-boggling. And I'm really excited to hear you talk about some of the ways that there could possibly be a way forward as a remedy. So gardeners know that compost made from food scraps helps plants grow. That's really essential, I think, for most of us as gardeners. You're doing some revolutionary work that transcends this idea. You're using fermented food waste to create a liquid fertilizer that boosts the number of beneficial bacteria within the plants themselves. Can you please break this down? Sorry, no pun intended. (laughs) Break this down for us so we understand the basics. Yes. So first, I don't know if I would call it uh, fertilizer. That's a part of the project, you know, of the outcomes. But I would call it plant biostimulant rather than a liquid fertilizer. And And you're going to understand why in the next few minutes while I'm talking. So we said food is rich in energy, water and nutrients. So we know that in general, you know, food is very different. So food waste can be very different composition, but we know in general that it has high content of solids, high carbohydrate, it's low in cellulose and lignin, high in protein and lipids. And for that reason, food waste, it's the perfect substrate to be fermented through anaerobic fermentation. And that's what I was doing and I did with my research. I basically took food waste and basically inoculated with a bran that has microbes, good microbes, and create basically an anaerobic environment to process that scraps. So basically there is a kind of a fermentation without oxygen And everybody can do that nowadays. You can buy a bucket and you buy the bran inoculated with bacteria and you mix it with your food waste. And during the fermentation, which lasts about two weeks, the first two weeks, basically, the bacteria and the fungi, they start breaking down the food, but you don't really see the food breaking down. You basically see food, it's pickled. It's like, uh, look like pickles. Wow. <laughs> Bokashi use specific bacteria, which are lactic acid bacteria, is the one that you're using there in your yogurt. And then there is photosynthetic bacteria like the Rhodopseudomonas and Streptomyces and yeast, the one that they are in the bread. And you called this Bokashi? Did I have yeah. that name right? Yeah, yeah. So all these are like beneficial bacteria. They work with each other and they basically break down all the organic matter and they metabolize it to a simpler molecule that can be used by the plants and by the microbe in the rhizosphere and in the soil. So what you're talking about is something that if we were to think of this on a home compost scale, you have this pile of food waste and plant clippings and material 
you would take this biostimulant and you would inoculate it in. In other words, it's this very tiny amount of the substance, but you're able to basically treat your whole pile as if it was something you were going to pickle. <laughs> you describe that as almost like pickling. It's fermenting and it only takes this little amount and it has this impact and spreads throughout the whole pile. Yep, that's what it is. So you layer, you do like a cake layer. You put a layer of your food waste and you sprinkle with the inoculum. I think it's like two or three tablespoons for each inch of waste. And then you press it down. So you take out all the oxygen in between the waste. And then you form more layer, more layer. And when your bucket is ready, basically you seal the bucket. And the bucket, you know, it costs, I think it's around $50. Or you can even make it by yourself. You can buy two buckets and build it by your own. And you close it and you let it ferment for two weeks. And then after two weeks, you take it out and you mix it for another two weeks in the soil. And at that point, all the lactic acid that it was formed during the fermentation process and many other compounds, basically through the oxygen, they form other compounds. And one of them is the pyruvate. And pyruvate is a fundamental energy carrier in biological processes. Again, it can be used by microbes in the soil and by the plants. We don't have that much research yet, but there is a lot of publication and a lot of outcome. We know the outcome already, and we know that, you know, improves plant growth and many other things. You're listening to Garden Futurist. We'll be right back. Let's hear from board member, arboretum volunteer, and master gardener, Anne Daniel, on why she values Pacific Horticulture membership. I mean, I just love learning about plants. And by learning about plants, you learn about place. And so for someone that was a newcomer to an area, it was really important to understand the history and the climate through plants and through the people and their plants. I just wanted to make sure I was getting good, solid, reputable information that applied to where I was trying to garden and that I could understand and that spoke to me in ways that was really helpful rather than my having to translate everything to sort of the zone I'm in or the issues I face. Every time I visit the Pacific Horticulture website, I find information of value and benefit to me that I can use immediately and learn from. Join right now at pacifichorticulture.org. So as you use this process, you are turning food waste into this new substance. (laughs) And you can tell me what you would call that, because if this biostimulant gets inoculated into that substance, you now have something that can improve plant health. Can you talk about just how this fermented compost, this new material that comes from the process, works then to help plants? Yes. So you ask me how I would call it. There is different names. So in my publication, I call it digestates, you know, from digesting. Digestates. Okay. Yeah. Or I call it food waste bioproducts because, you know, it's a bioproduct from the waste after it's been transformed. So either digestates or food waste bioproducts. And what does it do? How does it improve the plant? There's still a lot to do there, but basically there is three main things that does. He is a biostimulant, 
He's a biofertilizer and he acts as a biocontrol. Basically, the Bokashi fermentation accelerates the composition of this organic compound into plant-available nutrients. And that's what's going to basically lead to a change in biological, chemical, and physical soil characteristics. I appreciate now why you said... Don't just call this a liquid fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it sounds like certainly that is that is an element yeah. of what we're talking about here. You are getting something that imparts fertility, but it sounds like there are several other things going on here. I want to get back to this conversation a little bit about water as well, because you were mentioning just how much water resource is used in agriculture in general. And obviously, preserving water resources is critical to climate resilience. You use a water system cycle that saves water in this process. Can you talk a little bit about how water is used in this system? So I did my PhD in France, between France and Italy, and we use a recirculating system. Basically, in this closed recirculating system, the water, it's recycled. You don't irrigate your water. You don't have leachate going into the environment. But instead, it's recirculated and it's reused. And by doing that, basically, you save between 70-90% of the irrigation water. Not only that, but if you combine recirculating system and you amend food waste digestate, then wherever you have these bacteria producing, you know, all these metabolites and all this carbon circulating in the, in the irrigation water, now you don't lose it. Because every time the irrigation water starts, it's basically going to irrigate your plants with that nutrient-rich fertigation water. Could this be applied on a larger scale for growing practices in the future? Of course, there is already many, they call it hydroponics. I don't like to talk about hydroponic because usually people, when they think about hydroponic, they think about soilless. They assume there's no soil involved. Right, right. Uh, there is no soil. No, no, no. Hydroponics come from uh, the Greek word. Hydroponics, it means work of the water. So it just means that you are working the water to recycle it. Soil is important. We can build on it. We can regenerate to create a more sustainable agriculture. Wow. No, this is really interesting because it has so many applications. It sounds like the individual home-scale gardener all the way to an, a small urban operation, if you're talking about a vertical operation or something, and then even someone in a large-scale field-type operation. I know that I had mentioned that I get really excited about the microbiome, when that gets mentioned. And I know you had told me that you experimented with giving young plants what you call the dose of mature plant microbiomes. Can you describe this element of the research? Is this related to the same work? So I'm trying to combine a little bit of everything, but we need to harness what nature gave us. So plant already possess the ability to recruit and associate with beneficial soil biota. In my opinion, there is no need to introduce this plant grow promoting material. You know, people buy um, biocontrol. You can buy in the store, but, you know, those bacteria, they were selected in a different plant, in a different soil, who knows where. So use your own plant to do that. What I'm trying to show with my research, and I've already done some preliminary trials, I had a 20% increase on production just washing out the microbiome or the microbiota from the mature 
four-year-old root system, and then I take that leachate from the root system, I inoculated seeds of the same variety, of the same plant, and I follow, you know, the growth. And after five months, I had 20% increase in uh, length in stem caliper. So the plant really already inoculated with its own mother plant, it's already growing better. Now imagine if you take that microbiome from the mother plant, you feed it to the young plant, and then you start amending with, with the food waste digestate, which they're rich in all this carbon and organics, and then those bacteria, they're going to start munching on it. <laughs> and uh, wow. yeah, and they're going to live better. So, and that's going to improve again. If you have a good initial microbiome and you start feeding it and you give, you know, other material where they can live, like biochar, the plant is going to thrive because he has all these good organics and carbon and uh, biofertilizer. And now you have, you know, its own microbiome from its own mommy, mommy plant. Wow. This is like in addition. You're basically creating superpower plants. <laughs> but it's not magic. This is yeah. science. And it's incredible. And it's all internal. They're all internal processes. You're, you're not adding, you know, you're not buying the fertilizer. You're using something that is going to go to the landfill. No, you take it back and you add value and you put it back. So... So you also talk a lot about food systems, and you're focused on making food systems more sustainable. A big concept that you've talked about is the circular economy. Could you define what that means in a simple way? Yeah, it's a very simple concept. So how is our, an economy now? It's a linear economy. It's a straight line. So basically, you have a linear economy, which is based on take, you make, you consume and you dispose model. So you don't, at the end of the cycle, if you have even a pen or anything, you just throw it in the garbage. In the circular economy concept, the value of that resource, it doesn't matter if you know it's food waste or it's something else, a material, it's maintaining the system as long as possible. You need to try not to send it to the landfill. Try to maintain as long as possible and try to reclaim, try to extract as much value as possible before you return them to the biosphere. So your food waste concept fits perfectly into this idea. Because it's food, and then <laughs> some of it ends up being waste. Maybe waste is actually the wrong word. Maybe we need to start <laughs> describing the food that doesn't get eaten as something else <laughs> if it's not wasted. It's true. It's true. You're right. We need to mimic what the natural system does. A natural system, they don't have a linear. Right. There's no end of the line. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like one takeaway for a gardener is a lot of these concepts can be applied right now already because this science really exists now. And maybe it's like, well, just wait, because we're going to be seeing the application of some of these concepts that we can already use in a gardening setting being used, hopefully in an agricultural, a really large-scale agricultural setting. And, and maybe we will see systems becoming more sustainable and our food systems improving in these vast ways. It's really exciting to think about. Yeah, you said it very well. You can start using it right away. It's a solution that can be implemented by small farmer and homeowner right away. And then the research is going to elucidate the other 
things that we don't know about carbon and nitrogen. Basically, what is missing from all this process is to know that if we, when we are planning the large scale, what's going to happen to the carbon to nitrogen ratios? Are you going to have nitrogen tied up in the soil or that nitrogen is going to be released? So that's what kind of food waste can be used. Uh, maybe there is some food waste that are better than other. So that's what the research is going to tell us, how we can use it to scale up the process. Wow, so promising. Adriana, I have made great pickles before. <laughs> now I want to start making <laughs> fermented food for plants. How can we make some? It's actually not that complicated. Bokashi composting is just categorically different than other forms of composting since it is an anaerobic process that ferments organic material rather than fully decomposing it. Anaerobic process means without oxygen, right? So that's where you have to have a tightly closed container. Yes, you also need a vehicle for good bacteria and yeast that are essential for the fermentation. I'm totally excited. I'm ready to start doing this. And it makes me think that this issue of food waste and conversations about sustainable food systems are highly relevant to all of us. And especially as gardeners, the very idea of so much food being wasted and ending up in landfills, it just feels deeply wrong. And although this is a very complex problem that is related to the linear economic system and it involves politics and policy and cultural changes, there are things that we can do about it. There are things we can do about it. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. If you liked Garden Futurist, please share it on your favorite social media platform or follow us on Spotify. Find us at pacifichorticulture.org. Do you love the freedom of riding a bicycle as much as I do? And you've decided it's time to say goodbye to your used vehicle. You can donate that car to Pacific Horticulture. You'll not only benefit yourself with a tax-deductible donation, but you will also help us share more inspiring stories of garden futurists. Call us at 855-500-7433. We will tow your vehicle at no cost to you. <laughs>